Imagine your new bathroom, a sparkling new tub, a modern shower conversion, a seamless new wall, all done in as little as a day. Introducing Bathfitter. Join over 2 million customers delighted with our one-of-a-kind remodeling process. No demolition, no mess. Guaranteed for life. Installed in as little as a day. Book a free in-home consultation at bathfitterpodcasts.com and get our best offer of the year right now. Bathfitter, 35 years of better bath remodels. The Just Because deal. Hey, oh, what's this? Breakfast from Mickey D's. From me? Yep. Why? Because it's morning and you like McDonald's. Let's eat while it's hot. There's a deal for every act of kindness at McDonald's. The steak, egg, and cheese bagel is back at McDonald's. Order ahead on the app and pick up curbside. Price and participation may vary. McD app download and registration required. I will let you, because I'm not sure how to introduce him, because he has more than one name. I will let you introduce <laughs> our, uh, our wonderful guest that you've brought with us today. You've brought with you today, I should say. Uh, yep. So, uh, Charles White, also known as uh, Boston Black. Hey, hey, hey. Boston I Black. Mean, You're a member of the Bulldogs. Yes. Yeah, gotcha. and the Bulldogs. Gotcha. I'm one member of the Bulldogs at OG. Oh, I gotcha. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, I love that. You know, I, I uh, Veronette had sent me a link to, um, what was the song you, uh, the, you sent me? I forget. I which forgot one? which one I sent, but um, um, but then I was uh, so then I was looking at, at a whole bunch of of your stuff from that era, and uh, I love um, wow. What's the song I said that I really loved? That uh, love, I know now. I gotta look it up because love comes and goes. Love yeah, comes probably, goes. probably play that later. Uh, that's a story about uh, a lot of our fallen heroes. Uh, yeah, that was a part of our group. Yeah, the, a great track. I, I have a, a lot of questions for you, but you, sir, you have a show coming up. Correct. I, I do. Um, I've been blessed to be, you know, to come from Boston to the Manchester area, and get connected with the nightlife out here, and do here what I love doing and what I did in Boston, which is promote the local artists. So, the club formerly known as Panucci's, which is now Six O Three. Yes. Yep. In, in my opinion, is probably one of the hottest nightclubs on the strip. Uh, shout out to Kevin. He has given me an opportunity to do a concept. You know, I'm a concept promoter. Turn up Tuesdays. <laughs> Turn up Tuesdays. One Tuesday a month, the, the, the end of every month, I bring a combination of local artists and artists from either Boston, Connecticut, where have you, down and spotlight that talent. That's okay. awesome. Yeah. I like the sound of that a lot. Yeah, so this August 31st, Turn up Tuesday. We got a lot of the um, heavy hitters from out of Boston who will be coming down. You know, Sandro Castro, uh, Gandhi Quiggs. We got a local talent that's amazing. A young lady by the name of Unique Harmony. She has a voice of an angel. So it's going to be fun. I've seen her online, I I believe. That name is super familiar to me. Yeah, she's uh, amazing, her voice. This will be the first one? This will be the second one. The second one, okay. Excellent. Yeah. So you said you're, so you uh, you called it uh, concept, you're a concept promoter? Yeah, so my thing is, you know, you have an establishment, you, you know, what you do on Fridays and Saturdays is locked in stone. You don't need me to come in and do anything. So, you know, I like to take an establishment, you know, where you, the, the avid flow of the clientele on a Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday. Yeah. I want to bring a concept there. Yeah, yeah. I want to make it become a thing. Yeah. yeah. You know, that people look forward to. You know, I got Work It Wednesday coming in October. <laughs> <laughs> What's it called? Work It Wednesday? Work It Wednesday. You know, um, for better or worse, you know, uh, you know, on radio, if, if, if you got what it takes, you're a twerker, you come out and you work it on Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. You know, and we give them $300 prizes to the best twerker. Oh, very cool. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Nice. You know, concepts. You're um, obviously, you know, you're from Boston. Have you done other concept promoting here in New Hampshire? Uh, this is prior my, to this? This is my first in New Hampshire. Okay. You know, I've, I've done elsewhere in New England. Uh, Boston was my hub. Yeah, yeah. You know, that was my home base. So I had a couple different places that I did these things at. Yeah. You know, and it's just once a month, you know, give you that taste, you know, that, that hunger. 
you know, you know that you got something to look forward to that one Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday a month. Excellent. I like that. Absolutely. I like that a lot. And we have a call. It's Christian, and I just want to hey. give big props to this man because he's supporting local artists and he's re- revitalizing the local nightlife scene out of here. Thank you. Absolutely. Of course. Well said. Christian, uh, also known as DJ Reckless, and he's, you know, very active in the scene here. Nice. Um, he's got a, a bunch of stuff coming up. Um, yeah, but, uh, yeah, he was, when I told him you were coming on today, he was excited. I, I said, call in. Honestly, he, was, <laughs> he was more like pouting. Yeah. I had known. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and if I might add, you know, uh, because I truly don't know all of the artists here, I mm-hmm. have been looking for the artists, the local artists, you know, to send me their music, yep. you know, to connect with me so that I can put you on the stage. Yeah, yeah. Well, you came to the right place at WMNH. Hey. Yes, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Christian might have some suggestions. Link with Oh, of course. Actually, yeah. I think him and I know a lot of mo- you probably, cool people. You probably do, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I ran into him Saturday. I think I ran into you Saturday. I was downstairs at Panucci or 603 now. You did. Oh. I remember now. You did. And we were, we we dapped it up and we, uh, oh, we good. said the we'll link. Excellent. Excellent. Very good. What do you have uh, tonight, Christian? You've got uh, – I, I can't keep it all well, straight. Just, have... I'm going out to the Cheers and Beers. It's a grand opening. Tonight's so, a grand opening of Cheers and Beers. Homies. Yeah. Excellent. Outstanding. All right. Very good. Yeah, thank you, guys. Keep it up. Uh, keep revitalizing the scene. It's great to have you like and see people caring. Yeah. For lack of better wording. Yeah. Thanks, brother. <laughs> I love. I love. I love music, man. I love hip hop, man. Of course, that's the main reason I got into DJing. Yeah. All right, Christian. Thank you for the call. All right. Thank you. All right. Bye bye. Christian Lacoste, also known as DJ Reckless, yeah, he's got a lot. Uh, he's got a lot going on. So you were, so you started out as a performer, obviously, right? Or- I, I I did. I was like, probably, <laughs> I was young. You know, we were sixteen, seventeen, yeah. just breaking into the music scene, and we didn't know what we wanted. You know, what the positions anybody was going to play in the group. Yeah. So I don't mind the mic. I don't mind the stage. So I was like the hype man slash road manager slash slash slash. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Back in the day. When back you're like in the day, you know. Um, sticking stickers and yeah, you, tape you, decks. You know, so did some stuff in the studio, you know, that we took home and let mom listen to. But it was always fun to be on the stage. I think it's cool that your mom could listen to it. Yeah. Yeah, not not all Seriously. parents. Not all parents are supportive. That's for sure. That's awesome. So were you like in a group that that did harmonies or no? Like, no. What we was did your rap. what was we your rap. your rap. rap? Okay, strictly rap. Uh, our first album, uh, national album that came out was uh, entitled "Life of a Kid in the Ghetto," released on PWL Mercury Records. In fact, we were the first rap group. Wow. Yeah, and they went on to become one of the biggest. Labels in hip hop, you know, they bought Island, they bought Def Jam, they bought this, they bought that, and the rest is history. But you know, we were that breakthrough group who were their first rap group. Wow. Were you? Um. It, it did it change at one point? Am I reading this correctly? It was that OG into Bulldogs, and then it just became to Bulldogs? So we kind of split after a while. Yeah. So. The group itself was Ed O.G. and the Bulldogs, and Ed came out with his first album. Then each individual member would then go on to do his album, oh. which they did, you know, the Bulldog album. And then, a, oh, okay. You know, it was like a Wu Tang movement back then before it was considered a movement. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you got the first guy who gets through the door, holds the door open, and brings the rest of the crew in. So you guys were kind of the template for that then, or, or at least in, in Boston, you right? Know, in Boston, we, you know, we was the first group aside from uh, Keith Elam, okay, Gangstar. Yep. You know, he left the group. Uh, props. Wow. Major props. Uh, he moved to Brooklyn. Okay. And took the Gangstar movement to Brooklyn. I honestly didn't know he was from. I'm, I'm familiar with him. I didn't know he was from Boston. Everybody, originally. everybody thought he was from Brooklyn. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's from Dorchester, <laughs> Keith Elam. I'll be damned. Yeah, huh. he's, he's from Dorchester. I grew up with him. Wow, wow. Um, but you know, that's how it was. You know, back then, it was get through the door, 
and bring us with you. You know, you have a group of guys who all have individual talents. Yeah. You know, Ed had his talent, you know, Smooth Ice G, who's now known as uh, Flaquito Chulo. <laughs> he has his own talent. Bulletproof has his own talent. DJ Cruz has his own talent. Acting Up, who's was daring, he went on to Hollywood to make movies. You know, and yeah. come back to make, you know, re- records. You know, it was a movement. And we didn't realize that that's what we were doing, but it was a movement. Now, you weren't. Now, do you use the name Boston Black for everything now? or I do. Okay. Okay. I do. But you weren't, you weren't using that name back then, right? It was just Black. It was you just know, Black. Uh, gotcha. Um, <laughs> the name Boston Black, there's a story behind that. Oh, okay. It, You'll have to read my biography. To, oh, okay. To, to, James, we're giving the plug. Well, yeah. So I'm glad you yeah, mentioned yeah, that seriously, because seriously, talk about that. Yeah, Veronette, yep. when she messaged me, she said uh, your your writing is uh, bio. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's and it's uh, it's going to be a very interesting story. Like I feel it's going to be a type of book that you're going to pick it up and finish it yeah. at night because Ooh. there's so many different things discussed in the book from the start, not just the music, but you know, his life story. That's awesome. I'm mm-hmm. looking forward to that. Yeah. Well, give us, give us something like, like a little teaser. Give, give us a teaser. Yeah. Like, like, like what, uh, what was something that you can share that was interesting that you found out Veronette when in starting to gather the information, what was something that was like, really? Well, wow. you know what? It, it's funny because, uh, when we're talking about the federal prison systems, um, Boston Black was involved with a lot of that. And it's, you know, it's almost like uh, a Shawshank Redemption kind of thing. Really crazy what goes on. Um, yeah. yeah. And the prison systems and how it's really, what do you call it? A society within a society. A society as within a society. Okay. But um, some stories about that, which um, I guess too, you know, when you got into the religion part and, yeah. you know, it's just so many different things that, You'll see once you read in the book, uh, you know, people he's met, um, some mobsters. Some, really? Yeah. Interesting. So, oh. um, and just how he was involved with that and how things are, like you could be in one federal prison, let's say Texas, yeah. and then be transferred to Colorado, yeah. and then all of a sudden now be part of that group there because they already send a message like he's okay oh oh wow the kites the kites yep (laughs) interesting yep interesting you really you really get an in-depth view of like how that works yeah yeah (laughs) okay um now how did the two of you connect for this for this project for the biography we actually met randomly it was so random um we we were at at six oh three, and then he was speaking about how you wanted your story to be heard, and and then I happened to mention that I did freelance write for um, Manchester Inkling, yes. and I was, got involved in a couple of things with that, and then I had him read a couple of the articles, um, and then we just took it from there. Okay, so awesome. yeah. very wow. cool. Yeah, you you know if I might add, um, yeah. The Ed O.G. and the Bulldogs documentary dropped about a year and a half, maybe two years ago on okay. Amazon. Yeah. And I was next in that series of documentaries. And for whatever reason, I was sharing my thoughts about the documentary with somebody. Yeah. And overheard that she was a writer. Oh. And that she was not just a writer, but like her work has gone abroad. Yeah, yeah. And as much as I think I can write, <laughs> you know, I've written a whole bunch of little manuscripts that I've never done anything with. Yeah. And when I seen, you know, the professionalism that she put into her writing, you know, now I, I guess the cat's out of the bag. You know, people know that I didn't write the story. Right, right. <laughs> you know, so I came to her and I said, listen, you know, I showed her what we had did. Yeah. You know, our group's history. I was totally honest with her about my history. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I had to get honest with her about it because I needed to spend time talking to her about the person that she was writing about. Okay. That makes a lot of sense, yeah. You know, yeah. I it's I have to. And I don't mind sharing my story. It's truly not a story of redemption. It's just a resto- it's a story of 
you know, bad things happen to good people. Yes. Yep. You know, when you talk about redemption, then, you know, everybody gets spoked out because they think it's a religious book. This is a story about bad things happening to good people who are in the wrong place at the wrong time with the wrong group of people. Yeah. So in order for me to get that story out, I needed to go deep down inside and I need to be honest with the person who was writing this story. Yeah. You know, because there are so many people who have great qualities. They're lost in the cracks Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. they're afraid to tell their truth. Yes. That's very, very true. They they are so afraid to tell their truth till they get lost. Mm -hmm. They don't know what's out there. And, And I'm the first person to tell you. I went to federal prison April Fool's Day, 1990. Okay. I came home. You ready? Yeah. Halloween 2008. Okay. In doing so, while there, I have a business degree and a psych degree. Wow. Got myself out of prison, became a paralegal. I can't practice, but I took the two-year course. No kidding. Got myself out of prison. I'll be damned. Wow. And while out, I went to school, became a medical assistant, got my LPN, and went on to manage some of the biggest departments no and the biggest hospitals in Boston. Wow. And then went back to teach at the very school that I graduated from. <laughs> no That's kidding. awesome. Wow. Why? Because I had to share the truth. Yeah. And I talked this truth to people who are just like me, who are hiding in the shadows, afraid to tell people. That's my story also. Yeah. Again, it's not a story of redemption. It's a story that you cannot allow your past to dictate your future. Sounds very much like a survivor story. Yeah, and that's where the gap came with Ed O.G. and the Bulldogs and me. That's why you see the first two albums, you see me there on the cover. Everything afterwards, I'm vanished. Oh, okay. So my story is to let people know what happened. Oh, I gotcha. That's awesome. That's I gotcha. a really great thing to share. And we're back together. Every member of the group, with the exception of Scientific, bless his soul, who passed. Okay. 30 years later, still doing music. Oh, so you're you're back together now? Most Two? definitely. No kidding. That's oh. awesome. We had our 30-year, you know, we performed for the first time in over 20 years on stage together, all of us. Wow, no kidding. That is At so 603. cool. No kidding. That is so cool. Yeah. That's amazing. That must wow. have been surreal. It was. You know, so my story is to let people know that, you know, thought is the cause of it all. And if you apply yourself, you can change your existence. You can change your reality. Yep. I'm right there with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> was there a moment for you where something kind of clicked? Where I mean, because you obviously you started really going hard at getting an education while you were in prison. <laughs> right? Now you're getting into the book. Yeah, now you're getting into the book. <laughs> It's well, a chapter in the book. Should uh, I? Not too I think we teased okay. enough on the. So, I mean, you know, that's the book. You know, See? Like, so, yeah. doesn't it, don't you want to read it <laughs> I now? I do. I do. See? Big time, a, right? Yeah. You know, I'm a healthcare professional. I own my own I love that. Agency, that's awesome. You know, and I don't mind telling people my truth because I don't want people to hide. I don't want people to be afraid. Yeah. I don't do you, want people to think that they cannot. Do you think the fact that you became a healthcare provider played a role in being able to be open about your story? No. Not at all? No. Nope. I was wondering, just about taking care of others, if that makes it easier for you to... It it had nothing to do with it. Um, My core is good. I come from a a very great core values that my grandma... Oh, no, no, no. I didn't mean that. I think I said it the wrong way. Mm -mm. No, no, no. I understood exactly what you're saying. Okay, cool. You know, I, again, this is the story of bad things happening to good people. Mm. It's always been there. I just, I diverted. Mm. I made the wrong decisions. Not society, not the system, you know, not the color of my skin. I made the bad decisions. Yeah. And knowing that, I fixed it. And it's basically showing, too, I mean, because technically, and and it would be mentioned in the book, but how anyone, because if you think about it, it's not just gang members in the prison systems. you got people like Bernie Madoff, Bernie Madoff or this, you know, that 
screw people over or mm-hmm. do something wrong. It could just happen to anybody. That just makes a bad choice in life. And if you think yeah. daily on how many times a day you have to make <laughs> choices, mm-hmm. yep, there's always going to be one that might not be the best. Yeah. And even if it doesn't you know, land you in a federal prison, yeah. it could affect some money. It could be a negative and, you know, so... Yeah. It's just the choices that you make throughout yeah. life. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. What? So, <laughs> but we're pushing for the book to be, um, we're going to self-publish, but um, pushing for January 2022. Okay. Is it done? Or, no, or... no. We still got plenty more to go. So I, I basically have been, we kind of just have conversation. I record everything like how I would with interviews. Yeah. Um, For, you know, when I would do the journalism and basically, certain keywords would pop out, and I'm like, "Oh, that's going to be a chapter." Boom, and we're going to separate it out. Yeah. But right now, it's just all conversation. Yeah. And then I'm there to pull out different information and questions. You are seriously the Renaissance woman. <laughs> you are our she, Renaissance she, woman. I love she, it. She does it. There's nothing that she can't do. It's a lot easier to to try and uh, figure that. There's nothing you can't do. Thank you. <laughs> Healthcare promotions, bartender, writer, <laughs> dancer, autobiographer now or biographer now. Yeah, dancer. Yeah, yeah, yep. you got it all. So, but no, but it's uh, like I said, it's gonna be a really gripping story. And what I want, and I, I definitely feel that I'll be able to portray definitely what um, Charles wants to bring out in the book. Yeah. Um, but like I said as you're reading through to not want to put it down. Yeah, yeah. So, and finish it. And it's not going to, I I don't want to make it like a real thick book or whatever, but it, but enough where it's like, you know, the chapters are shorter just so that it's like, oh, okay, now on to the next thing. Yep. But it's still picking up, you know, building that momentum. No, so. I get you. I get you. Charles, is this... Uh... Is this like therapy for you when you sit down with Veronette and you tell, because, you know, when you were talking about telling your story, how yeah. it was important to you to, to share your story and, and some of the, the verbiage you used, it reminded me of, of someone talking about going to therapy. You know, um, it's ironic that you asked that question in combination with the first caller who called in. Yeah. Yes. EZG. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Eric, you know, it's <laughs> Yes. To answer the question, it is therapy uh, because I had a conversation last night. I, w- I was at 603 about the writing. And uh, somebody says to me, you know, um, well, why don't, why don't you just keep doing the, the DVD series? I said, because the men and women who I left behind in federal prison, they don't have Amazon accounts. I want it to be in print so that it can reach oh, them. Oh, yeah. So they can reach them so that they can know that that is not final. Right, right. So when you ask the question about whether or not it's therapy, most definitely. Because she's given me the opportunity to express those thoughts, to let people see the steps that I took mm-hmm. to make it possible and to get it out and bulk yeah. to people as opposed to me sharing these thoughts with people at a cookout. Right. Or over a beer. Right, right. I don't have to know you to read my thoughts, and it becomes helpful for you. Mm-hmm. It's therapy for me because I'm talking about it. I'm not a powder keg giving off sparks. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great analogy. You know, yeah. it's I'm releasing that, yeah. that, that pressure. yeah. You know, and going back to what the origin that that caller, you know, mental health is not a topic that's discussed among the rap community or even in the urban communities, be them uh, white, black or Hispanic. Yeah. You know, depression, mental health, it is real and it affects all of us. Yes. Whether you realize it or not. You know, as a kid, I was classified, oh, he has hyper, you know, um, he's hyperactive. Well, that's ADHD now. Right, right. (laughs) Yeah. You know? Yeah. And if they could have given me medication back then, I'm sure they probably would have. You know, and then being away in isolation for so long, the depression sets in. 
you know, the wondering, what did I do with my life sets in. Oh, I bet. Those questions begin to kick in. The rumination. The self-doubt, all of it. Mm -hmm. You know, and when you, I applaud that gentleman who actively seeked help. Yes, yes. Because a lot of us don't seek help. Here's what men do. We transfer emotions. When we're in pain, it comes out aggressive, Mm -hmm. anger. Mm Mm-hmm. We're, you know, we're PO'd and people are like, what's wrong with him? But what they don't know is that deep down inside, there's something going on at the core that I'm afraid to talk about. Right. Because if I discuss it, I'm going to be looked at as though I'm a cuckoo. Yeah. What's that expression? Uh, Anger is just sadness stuffed down or Mm -hmm. something. I don't have that quite right, but there's an expression about that. I think it's gotten better, though, right? I mean, just broadly in terms of of, uh, the stigma. Like, I I struggle with depression. uh, As do I. Yeah, and and so many of us do. And, you know, 10 years ago, I wasn't. I mean, I never would have just openly said that. You know what I mean? I tried to hide it. um, And probably not much longer than 10 years ago, I tried to even hide it from myself. I wouldn't even admit it to myself that I had a problem. You know, I I would try to tell myself, no, I'm, I'm fine, I'm fine. But, but now I feel comfortable openly speaking about it because, well, you know, there's millions of us, yeah. you know, who struggle with You're this. You're not alone. So, yeah. And, and if you look on your – I don't know why, where it came from, but all of a sudden now it's just all over my Facebook feed. You know, mm-hmm. Like if you suffer from depression, you're not alone. Yeah. You know, before I had to be honest with myself about it because it pushed my family away from me. They said lowering drug prices was a fight we couldn't win. The big drug companies have billions of dollars and an army of lobbyists. But AARP stood with our 38 million members and forced the drug companies to lower drug prices. It's a victory for all Americans. But Big Pharma won't give up, so neither will AARP. Join our fight at aarp.org slash fierce defender. That's aarp.org slash fierce defender. Yeah. You know, here I am. Six foot, you know, I was bigger than this, you know, bald head black guy. I'm the rock. I'm the strength of the family. You know, I cannot tell them that I have issues and bouts of depression, sadness. I'm supposed to be strong for everybody. Mm -hmm. But when you give yourself continuously to people, you become emotionally bankrupt. You have nothing for yourself when you need it. Mm Mm-hmm. So people begin to ask the question, what's wrong with you? Oh, well, you know, I some stuff on my mind. That's how we chalk, you know, that's how we <laughs> chalk it up. Yes, I, I, I know. stuff on my mind. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm afraid yeah. to tell them what's really on my mind. Yeah. You know, why I stay in the room for days on and why I just shut down, become mm-hmm. a recluse and don't talk. Mm-hmm. Because the weight of the world, I feel it. Mm-hmm. And it's stifling me. My chest yep. can't breathe. My hands, I get sweaty. My anxiety is elevated. Mm-hmm. People don't understand that. So yeah. now all of the celebrities, and here's the funny thing. You know, we're common folks. Now the celebrities are talking about it. It's become a thing now yeah. where people are coming out of the woodwork, laying down their careers and saying, I need to deal with my mental health. Yep. Yep. We couldn't do that back then. Right. Right. So there's progress. There is progress, and I like it. But you were saying in, in terms of in in terms of the hip hop community, there's no well. Is that is that is there still a stigma there? Of course there is. Yeah, of course there is. Yeah, I, she and I were talking just yesterday, Kirk, and I'm going to take it away from hip hop for a second. Sure, and I'll tie it in later. Kirk Corbain, yes, Janis Joplin, mm-hmm. you know, uh, um, Jimi Hendrix. You know, we're talking about kids who had nothing and all of a sudden became something, somebody. Yeah. Mass amounts of money. So here's what happened. People come out of the woodwork. Mm-hmm. Those people feel entitled. I need you to do something for me now. Mm-hmm. I need you to help me out. That's pressure. I'm your long lost cousin. Yeah, don't don't that, you remember me? Yeah, that's <laughs> pressure. And now you, now you have the guy over here who's plying you with drugs, right? You yep. have all of the resources now mm-hmm. to buy these drugs. Yeah. So when that pressure from the outside gets too much, drugs become your friend. Mm-hmm. Alcohol become your friend. Mm-hmm. You self-isolate and, and indulge. Mm-hmm. And here comes the explosion when the overdose comes. 
You know what people say? Yeah. He's a junkie. Yeah, he was an alcoholic. No, 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 no. They didn't look at what happened prior to that. Right. Same thing applies in the urban community with hip-hop. There's kids from the ghetto. Their hobby becomes their bread and butter. Mm -hmm. So now the pressures from the friends, from the gangs, from the families, all of that now, boom, just jumps right on them, right? The pressure. It makes sense, yeah. So what happens now? Self-indulging in drugs and alcohol. Yep. Right? Sitting by yourself saying, damn, all these people, my phone is blowing up. My inbox is blowing up. Everybody feels like I owe them something. Yeah. Do you know how depressing that is? I've never heard anyone explain it this way before, but it makes perfect sense. People don't look at it. The way that you explained, you know, what happens when, you know, all of a sudden you've got money, you've got celebrity and all that. I'd never heard anyone explain it quite that way before. And, you know, I I think, too, you mentioned Kurt Cobain. It's... um. I think people who've never struggled with depression, with clinic, because I think everyone gets depressed at some point, but, you know, there's a difference between clinical depression, you know, whether it's a uh, chemical imbalance in the brain or whatever, and the kind of depression that everyone, anyone can experience, say, after the loss of a, yeah. a loved one or something. But I think people who've never experienced clinical depression and don't have any direct um, experience with it, from their standpoint, they, they can't understand. And it's not their fault. It's that they don't know... They don't know how it feels. They don't understand why anyone would be sad for no reason. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because when Kurt Cobain killed himself, all these people would say, this doesn't make any sense. He had money. He had fame. He was on top of the world. He yeah. was at the height of his career. You know, how could how could this man take his own life? And it's like, well, he was depressed. And it, <laughs> and, and it wasn't, you know, he didn't necessarily need anything to be sad about. That's the... That's the the nature of that beast of that yeah. that demon uh, the, the, so, that is depression. And it goes to show you that these things too. If you think about it, and you hear about it all the time, as cliche as it is, where it's like money can't buy you happiness. No. You're like, yep. it helps you know pay the bills, and you know you won't have those worries. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, if you don't fix what's inside of you and what's really going on, and you you know you have that open conversation with yourself. You write it down. You do this. And even when I moved back, you remember that whole, yes. I was having all that, yes. those panic attacks yeah. And, yeah. and whatever else. And even though I didn't feel anything was happening, like it wasn't like I was sitting there thinking, oh, I'm having an issue, you know, or whatever. Yeah. It was something maybe subconscious or whatever. Yeah. But, you know, like even at work where I almost had a stroke. That's why I'm yeah. like, move back. And then I was getting these panic attacks. You remember, I couldn't breathe. Yes. And yeah. all of a sudden. Yeah. I go, where is this coming from? They can truly feel like you're having a heart attack. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why you got to go to the hospital because you don't know which one it is. Right. Right. You got to get the right treatment. But it's just crazy how it could just happen. Well, you know, I I think this is such a great topic, especially to talk about men's mental health because I don't think we talk about it nearly enough. Mm -hmm. But we, you know, we can see the other examples. Chester Bennington, Mm -hmm. look what happened there and what happened. And, um, who passed away right at the same uh, Chris time. Cornell. Chris Cornell. Yeah. They both committed suicide within a very short period of time of one another. Yeah. yeah. And that depression is, is, I think the word that, that, was, that came to mind was that people who have never been that depressed can't think that way. Right. So they can't understand it. It's like uh, somebody will say that, you know, they, like, I don't understand how that person can hit that child that way because I'm not capable of thinking that way. Right. Right. Oh, if you're, if I've never been that depressed, never clinically depressed, I'm not necess- necessarily capable of thinking that way. It's not a bad thing. It just means I can't relate to it. Right. Yeah. So I need to not try and just relate to it, but just be there for that person. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You got to do an audio version too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, we were actually discussing. Remember, I was yeah, discussing we that with you because I'm like, I don't know book. if you would want to do have you actually telling your own story, like oh, reading yeah. the book and doing the audio, or if you decided to pick. Oh, no, he Someone should do it. But... You should totally do it. <laughs> Absolutely. You should totally do it. I'll try to do it in a Morgan I... Freeman voice. <laughs> you don't have to try. You've got a great voice already. Thank you. Thank but you. But no, you. For, for a shout out to those of us who uh, have a little vision issues. I live for my audio books yeah. and I love it when it's when it's the person that it's about reading it. You know, I, I'm so into that. You've got to do it. you got to because you know what? You can tell your story from an emotional point. That has so much more power. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like um, Tori Amos did a book recently, Resistance. 
I think is what it was called. And to hear her tell her story, but then read her lyrics as her poetry was so powerful. Yeah. And it, yeah, you got to do it. Plus, you got a really good voice there, let me just say. See, so yeah. it might actually a, work. So. a nice voice down there. <laughs> I, would ima- I would imagine in in the uh, in prison, it's, uh, I mean, wh- what do you do if, if you're struggling with mental health issues and... They lock you up. They put yeah. you in a shoe. <laughs> yeah, that's what I figured. They put you in a special housing unit. <laughs> they yeah. actually make it worse because yeah. then it's, they isolate you. Yeah. Right, and they take all your clothes away. They put you in a paper outfit. Uh, depending on the extent, um, it depending, it depends on you know the incident. Yeah. So if they put somebody there, does like a mental health com- provider come and talk to them throughout the day, or are they just stuck in isolation? No. So um, while there, because I have a degree in psychology, they took. In prison, it's just like, you know, you have everybody's basically there from a variety of professions. Yeah. So if you have a particular skill, you just show proof of this skill, and then you can take this training that they they had. It's called Suicide Companion. Okay. So I was a Suicide Companion. Uh, when they would have an active suicide watch, we would take turns to watch the individual. Uh, if this person is actively on suicide watch, then he or she has nothing but a paper gown. Wow. And okay. just a blanket. You're not allowed to, excuse me, uh, um, a mattress. You're not allowed to pass anything back and forth between them. They're in a glass cell, plexiglass cell okay. where they're being observed. But at the end of the day, that person truly doesn't get any treatment they're just watched for 72 hours okay you know and you know the doctor will come down and like you know you're gonna stay in here until you stop doing what you're doing you know but there is no true intervention there's no Mm. treatment there's no programs or anything wow screwed basically and hopefully too once the book comes out and maybe this becomes maybe Popularly, you know, I'm always looking on the (laughs) looking on the horizon. Yeah, but um, the the awareness of this and maybe you know things can happen now in the prison systems to fix these things that are coming to the forefront. Because, like you said, at at the end of the day, you're still pretty. Even if a crime was committed, stuff. But if you know the help isn't there, how can anything be fixed? And then. You get angry when people commit the same crimes again or do the same things again because... Mm -hmm. I'm glad you said that because it actually reminded me of something Maddie and I talked about fairly recently and that's when when we all sit there, uh, we all, when most people sit there and go, oh, if you ever need, if you never need something, I'm a voice, give me a call, you know, I'll be right there. But how many people are really there when the person calls that doesn't get mad at them? Why right. you bother me? I had to run home. Why is that going on? Why is this going on? Are you really there, or are you yelling at them and, and poo pooing on them? When you, you know what I mean? If you if you say to somebody, <laughs> "I'm going to be here for you. I'll I'll listen. Be there. Don't get mad if they ask you to." Right. But I think yeah. we fail each other because we're so quick to get angry over this or that. Oh, I missed this or I missed that. That we don't, like, stop and go, oh, yeah. Because, you know, when we do that is after they're gone and we're at their funeral and we're going, gee, I wish they'd said something. Right. Well, they probably did. You probably weren't all that receptive. I would really want to know how all of these things that you've been, you've done incredible things in your life and you've gone through a a lot of things. I see you as that survivor. How does that come out or come into play in the music that you're creating? Well, Or does it at all? Is your music more of a, an outlet I more so guide the artists. You know, I'm that person who give that that artist the outlet. You're more into the management side at yeah, this point, I'm, right? Yeah, I'm the back. I'm the back room guy. Yeah, you know, but you you you'll see my names on the flyers. You'll see me on the stage. When you look at somebody them. though, what what's that? Do you look for something specific that goes? Yeah, I want I want to I want to highlight that soul. I want to bring that energy to the stage. Or is there something that just you look for a quality that you look for in your artists? No. <laughs> It's a, it's a, uh, old Italian guy told me years ago, he says, Charlie, baby, you got it. And I said, what? He said, I don't know, but you got it. it. That it. The that it. it. Yeah. yeah. Right? <laughs> so case in point, I'm sitting outside 603 before 
the whole name change. And um, I'm having lunch, and I hear this voice out of nowhere. I didn't realize how close it was to me. And I turn around, and I'm, I'm, my, my eyes are just glued to this young girl sitting in the corner, singing at the top of her lungs, singing her heart out. And this lady came over, and she's like, like, keep going, girl, you know, keep going. And I just sat there, and I watched her just sing. And she touched base on four or five different genres of music. Hmm. And she was like, well, what do you want me to sing? You want me to sing a country song? And, and she did it. And whatever the girl asked her to sing, she hit it. Wow. And I waited for a couple of days because I didn't want to come across as like the creepy guy. Yeah, yeah. After, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was watching you from the uh, corner of the I, room. <laughs> I, I, I said to her a couple of days later, I said, you have an amazing voice. She says, how do you know I can sing? And I says, I heard you the other day. That sparked the conversation. I said, have you ever done music before, you know, professionally? Was she performing there or she was just no, like at the table in the corner the just server. singing along? She's the young lady who serves the drink. This is Unique oh, Harmony. Oh, that's awesome. Uriah. Oh, know? okay. See, I'm, and, uh, I'm not familiar with that artist. I talked to her and uh, I said, I would like to bring you to Boston to our studio and uh, have you sing for my guys. And, she, you know, she was like, Sure. And one Thursday, we sent her the address, and uh, she came down to Cruise Entertainment in Outerboro. We got a big studio down there, and she blew those guys away. Wow. So I said to her, I want you to do my show on July 27th. And she came down, and she did the show on July 27th, and it was such a demand for her that I'm putting her back on the show for August 31st. And we actually sent her music so that she can write to. Yeah. So it's 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 stories like that where these voices just come out of nowhere. You know, I, I remember as a kid when I would go to the radio station, 95.3 FM Street Beat, in Harvard Station. You know, it was on Quincy Street downstairs from the uh, fire department. I was real young. And you would hear this lady strumming her heart out singing homeless lady well huh. years later this lady became tracy chapman no <laughs> kidding no kidding wow. i love her you know <laughs> i so, love her you, you know, got another part of the book <laughs> music yeah. you know you, you never know who has that voice that is you, so cool that you found somebody you know, like in a you, you see that in movies but you don't think it happens in real life she's yeah. amazing and yeah. and we are trying to work with her to make her a Star. And this is someone you're going to have at 6.03? She's going to be there on the 31st. Her name yeah, is she Uriah. currently works there now. She works there. Oh, okay. Wow. She works there, and her voice is beautiful. Oh, see, I'm really... See, now I'm I'm kind of curious yeah. here to go her, hear that voice. Her stage name is uh, Unique Harmony. I like that name. I do like yeah. that name she's, quite a bit. She's amazing. <laughs> by, by the way, do you ever run into a situation where you, you meet someone, an, an artist, who... Uh, you, you see something in them, they have that it, but then you kind of, maybe you get to know them or you get to work with them, and then it, <laughs> it turns out maybe they don't have, uh, maybe they have the it, but they don't have any, see, because I- There's a hollow hole behind <laughs> well, well, the thing is, because I used to, I used to do um, a lot of promotion, local promotion yeah. and stuff. I've, I've gotten away from all that, but I, I, I used to do that, and like when we used to have the Uptown Tavern up the street, I did a lot of shows there. Where I'd you know I'd book a bunch of bands on a night, yeah. But um, and I did a little bit of artist management, but I, I came up with an axiom. I, I always said everyone wants to be a star, but only as long as it's easy. Yeah. Because I just would run into so many people who <laughs> they might have all the talent in the world, they might have it, yep. but but no motivation. No. <laughs> we drive. talked about that. Stop we for a we actually talked about that really? because <laughs> the thing is, no one wants to push. <laughs> yeah. To do, you have to do some of your own legwork too. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. They just think they're going to go from home. Matt doesn't to... know anything about people expected <laughs> to do their own work. Crazy Joe. Yes. Oh, my God. Our friend Crazy Joe. I'm, yeah. I'm laughing because I don't know if you go back. You, you, you and I are Facebook friends now. So yes. I don't know if you go back and see any of my old posts. And the other day she says to me, 
what was up with that post? You just and people were inboxing me like you just went crazy on all artists. Oh, I'm gonna I love that kind of stuff. I'm gonna have to look <laughs> so, for that. Yeah. <laughs> um I was basically saying, like, I have a platform for you. Mm-hmm. I have laid out the map for you. All you have to do is get here. Yeah. And there is a lot of artists who think that because they got five, ten thousand views on YouTube <laughs> that they're superstars. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and you know, it's you're not a superstar when you're singing for your mother, your brother, your sister. Yeah. That's family. Those are not fans. Yeah. You know, and then when artists are up there and they're challenging each other, make some money first, make a mm-hmm. name for yourself. Don't come out the door with the boxing gloves up. Right. You know, relax, man. Enjoy the ride. Yeah. And you look at, I have found just from being on YouTube or guys sending me random music, there is a lot of talent here mm-hmm. Oh yeah, in New Hampshire. I get so, I'm getting music right now as we speak. Yeah. People are sending me. Oh, I believe it. Yeah. You know, and Boston has some of the greatest artists. You have artists like Made Men. RSO, you know, uh, um, Fam Fetter, Sandro Castro. These artists, they know that there's work mm-hmm. that needs to be done. This business is an action-oriented business. Mm-hmm. You cannot go in the studio, do a demo, and sit home and wait for people to come and buy it. Right. Radio spots, videos, DVDs, what have you, those are just marketing tools mm-hmm. to make your fans want to come out and see you. Yes. That's all they are. Yeah. So that means it's going to take work, and a lot of people don't want to do the work right now. I think that's part of today's society, though. It seems like, because we're such a have-it-yesterday society, I need my satisfaction now. Yeah. It seems like, especially personally for younger folks, I have found it difficult to say, you know, you, you slow down. It, you got to get... You got to get some experience going. You got to get in there and do the job and, and, and earn a name and earn a reputation. And and that takes years. It's not yeah. a week. It's not overnight. It's not go watch a YouTube video and you're good to yeah. go. And I feel like today's society is just so I wanted it yesterday that sometimes it's hard to find people willing to put in the work to actually get there. Well, mm-hmm. On that note, I'll give you all some homework. Oh, go on to YouTube. There is a video. It's called Millennials in the Workplace. <laughs> I think I've seen this, actually. <laughs> That's... Wait a minute. It Isn't that what we are? Face. No, we're not that. It touches, it <laughs> hits the nail right on the head as to what you just said. I bet. And I used it as a teaching tool. Yeah. Millennials in the Workplace. And then you can inbox me and tell me what you think or you can... Put it on the post and tell me, millennials okay. in the workplace. I have to check that one out. I used to, you'll appreciate this, Charles. I used to always, uh, when I w- would do shows, I would talk about the mythical record company scout. <laughs> you know, these people who think that, you know, they're going to go and play some shows in their local bar. They're going to play a couple times. And then this, the mythical record company scout is going to show up one night mm-hmm. and be so impressed yeah. that they're gonna, and he's going to whip out a contract with a 10 album deal. And, yeah. and, uh, and now you're a pretty woman. And then the next day you're, you're on a plane uh, flying to the Playboy Mansion for yeah. a right. meeting with uh, some executive. But um, they still yeah. have that place. I thought he died. Yes, yeah, a wrap. Just- uh, he died, yeah. I the think place the, still stands. The place yes. still His stand. daughter oversees the operation. Oh, oh I didn't so know there's that. still a bunny house. Oh, yeah. I did not know that. But I want to make sure we uh, promote, uh, it's August 31st? August that- 31st, Turn Up Tuesdays Club, well, 603 Bar and Grill, Manchester, New Hampshire. Come out, turn up with us on that night. Doors open at 8 o'clock, 21 and over. Excellent. <laughs> what about for people who don't like turnips? <laughs> well, I can't be the first one to use that seriously. joke. Seriously, <laughs> was that like a dad joke? That was terrible. <laughs> wah, wah. Am I the first one to use that joke? I've never heard that. Oh. Everybody likes to turn up. Man. Okay, <laughs> you just don't know. You just don't know. It's a natty thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But by the way, is there somewhere people should go online uh, specifically to keep up with everything that you're doing? Because obviously, you're doing other events. And- yeah, they can. Um, Right now, I'm a lot of the stuff that I'm doing is at 603. So please go on 603's uh, Facebook page, like them, friend them, share them. It's 603 Bar and Grill, Manchester, New Hampshire, 
or you can find me on Facebook, Boston Black. Uh, of course, you and I are friends, so yes. Boston Black, you'll see an image of me with the mic in my hand that says, we can do this, I'm vaccinated, and my group, NOG and the Bulldogs, are in the background. But um, 603 Bar and Grill, you know, like their page, share their page, look at their fan. You know, they have a lot of the upcoming events that I'm doing. Yeah. You can follow us there, or you can just go straight to uh, Boston Black. And and for the book, we're looking at what, January. You said, January. Probably? I'm yeah. hoping to start getting That's it awesome. Out. Yeah, I want to push for that. Might go a little over, but let's see. You know, how much of an adjustment, by the way, was that when you came out and, and, we, and we've got and we've got Facebook and, can, and things can like I that. Can I just tell? Can I just just one thing about when I first came, please? No, we got to see. I think it. it's the funniest. Oh, no. oh, let him. Come on. It's going to be. I want to hear it. The one okay. story. Come on, please. Right. Like, okay. So, Bluetooths. You know the things you put in your ear? Bluetooth, uh-huh. yep. I had never heard of them, never seen them before. <laughs> and I was on the platform at Downtown Crossing. I know where this is going. <laughs> getting on, waiting for the train, and everybody was talking to themselves. <laughs> and I was like, huh? Huh? <laughs> Huh? And people are like giving me the finger, like shh, pointing at their ear. I'm like, what the heck is going on? Yeah. Everybody's crazy. That's, and it's like, wow. Yeah. Flip phones. I, I'm, forget about it. Yeah. Culture shock. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Everybody was crazy. That. That's great. <laughs> I especially appreciate that because to this day, it is the year. 2021 and i'm i still haven't gotten used to seeing that when when i see someone just talking like i i do i wonder is that person crazy or do yeah. they have a bluetooth in because around here you, know, you can't yeah you here can't we are sure. talking about mental health right oh, no and here we are talking oh, about being tolerant with mental health yeah, right? yeah. This one i was over so here. freaked out by Listen to oh bluetooth. god right oh yeah that had to be that had to be <laughs> something's in my head charles Bo- all right boston black thank you so much my friend imagine your new bathroom a sparkling new tub a modern shower conversion a seamless new wall all done in as little as a day introducing bath fitter join over two million customers delighted with our one-of-a-kind remodeling process no demolition no mess guaranteed for life installed in as little as a day book a free and home consultation at bathfitterpodcasts.com and get our best offer of the year right now bath fitter 35 years of better bath remodels hi i'm frank i don't like change and i just saw a billboard for this new bj's wholesale club talking about up to 25 percent off grocery store prices oh really what's wrong with paying full price huh no sir i would not join bj's wholesale club Let's agree to disagree, Frank. Say you do want to sign up to get a $40 digital BJ's gift card. Join the new BJ's Wholesale Club, opening soon in New Albany. Visit BJ's.com newAlbany or the BJ's Membership Center on North Hamilton Road. Limited time offer, new members only.